98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. An epidemiologist warns that the SAR may already be undergoing a sixth coronavirus wave. A new survey ranks Hong Kong the fifth most competitive place in the world, up one notch from last year. And the Consumer Council urges the government to regulate oximeters as the devices gain popularity because of the pandemic. Epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling says Hong Kong may already be undergoing a sixth coronavirus wave and called on the government to distribute rapid test kits free of charge. Professor Cowling from the University of Hong Kong also warned that the decision to require all people to take PCR tests if they return a positive rapid test would discourage reporting. He also predicts that the daily COVID caseload will exceed 1,000 within the next few days. It's always easier to define waves in retrospect. You can draw the nice lines on, on the curve to say when each wave started and ended. I think the sixth wave has already started. I think we're on the way up for, for BA 2.12.1. But it, it's not yet clear how big this, this wave is going to be. Hopefully it won't be too big. Professor Cowling also urged the government to take a mitigation approach to the pandemic rather than trying to contain it totally. Separately, another expert said he expects the number of COVID infections to rise in Hong Kong, but stressed that the situation wasn't a concern given that many people have immunity, either through vaccination or a previous infection. Vijay Danasekaran, an associate professor from the University of Hong Kong School of Public Health, told RTHK that even with the threat of Omicron subvariants entering the SAR, the city was still ready to open up. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, I've been repeating this, actually highlighting this since early May. Uh, Hong Kong has been ready. Hong Kong has actually turned the leaf, unfortunately, because of a devastating wave. But Hong Kong has certainly turned the leaf uh, since March, April, where the majority of the vaccination rates really much higher than what the records show because of this infection. So I absolutely believe Hong Kong is ready to open now. Health officials said they found three positive coronavirus cases after an overnight lockdown in of Kwai Ching House in Kwai Fong Estate in Kwai Chung. They said more than 1,700 people were tested. Hong Kong has been ranked the fifth most competitive place in the world by the International Institute for Management Development up from seventh last year. The Institute's World Competitiveness Yearbook takes into account a host of factors including government efficiency, business efficiency, economic performance and infrastructure. In response, a spokesman for the SIR government said Hong Kong's competitiveness is underpinned by its institutional strengths under one country, two systems. Denmark was named the most competitive country. Switzerland was second, followed by Singapore, then Sweden. The United States came 10th and China was 17th. The United Kingdom was the 23rd most competitive country. A Swiss private bank says Hong Kong's role as an international financial centre has declined because of its border policies, but added that the SAR is ready to serve as a Bay Area hub once the free flow of people and traffic with the mainland resume. Julius Baer says the pandemic also affected the SAR's ranking in its annual global wealth study, with Hong Kong falling one place to become the fourth most expensive city for luxury items and high-end services, while Shanghai topped the list as rich mainland Chinese spent within the country instead of overseas. The bank's China strategist Richard Tang says it's too early to say whether Hong Kong's role as a regional hub for the Greater Bay Area will surpass its standing as an international financial centre. Of course, the traditional status of Hong Kong being the international financial centre, uh, being the bridge between the global investors versus mainland China, that would still 
be present, but I think we will have to recognize that the border policy right now in Hong Kong uh, will also have a negative impact onto that position, as, as um, the outgoing chief uh, executive, Carrie Lam, has also recognized. We will have to wait till uh, the border policy normalized before we can tell the outlook of Hong Kong uh, from that position. The Consumer Council has called on the government to introduce regulations for oximeters as the devices for detecting blood oxygen levels gain in popularity because of the pandemic. The watchdog said that at present, manufacturers can choose whether they want to register their products. The council's Dr. Loi Ching Wing Chong said people shouldn't solely rely on oximeter readings to determine if they need to see a doctor. The reading could be affected by many factors and discrepancy may even occur. The condition of fingers, cold and clammy hands, overly long fingertails, sticky hands, environmental condition, measurement technique could all affect the accuracy of the oximeters. Therefore, patients could not rely solely on the reading of the oximeters as health indicator, nor should the reading be used to substitute for the importance of examining clinical symptoms or observations. The Acting Home Affairs Chief Jack Chern says the Leisure and Cultural Services Department is developing a new booking system to facilitate bookings for sports and recreation venues. In a written reply to a LegCo question, Mr Chan says the system is expected to come into operation in two phases starting from next year. He says, among other things, an anti-bot solution will be used to filter out unusual bookings and real name registration is required for identity verification and booking facilities. Turning overseas, the chief prosecutor of the International Criminal Court has visited Ukraine's second largest city, Kharkiv, which has been badly damaged by Russian shelling. On his first visit to the eastern front of the conflict, Karim Khan called on Moscow to cooperate with the ICC investigation. I will keep on trying to um, engage with the Russian Federation because I think any state that wishes to um, fly the flag of democracy and legality should have nothing to hide and nothing to fear. Ukraine's Deputy Defence Minister says the country has received only about 10% of the weaponry it's requested from Western government. The ministry stressed that without help from its Western partners, Ukraine would not be able to win the war. Speaking after an informal meeting of seven European members of NATO in The Hague, the Polish Prime Minister Mateusz Morawiecki said NATO countries needed to do more to help Ukraine. We have not done enough to defend Ukraine, to defend their freedom and sovereignty. And this is why I urge you to do much more to deliver uh, weapon artillery to Ukraine. They need this to defend their territorial integrity and sovereignty. The British government insists it will not change its policy after a flight preparing to take asylum seekers to Rwanda was halted by legal challenges minutes before it was due to leave the UK. The Home Secretary, Priti Patel, said many of those removed from the flight would be put on the next one. The plane was prevented from leaving by a European Court of Human Rights ruling. Here's the BBC's Chris Mason. The exasperation in government is palpable, but despite the cancellation of last night's flight just half an hour before it was due to depart, there is a determination from the Prime Minister down to press on with this policy and to change the law, if necessary, to do so. Why should foreign judges get to decide who should be allowed to stay in the UK, as one senior source put it? The Conservatives' manifesto pledged to update the Human Rights Act. The UK would remain a party to the European Convention on Human Rights, but the government wants to revise how it's interpreted. 
A senior Pakistani minister, Ashan Iqbal, has urged people to drink less tea to help the government reduce its import bill. Mr Iqbal said the government had been borrowing money to buy in the much-loved beverage and reducing individual consumption by one or two cups a day would help the economy. The BBC's Anbarasan Etirajan reports. Pakistan is the world's largest importer of tea. The planning minister's request to reduce consumption has gone viral on social media, with many saying the country's financial problems cannot be addressed by drinking less tea. Increasing imports costs have left Pakistan facing an economic emergency. Its foreign currency reserves dropped from around $16 billion in February to less than $10 billion in the first week of June, barely enough to cover two months of imports. The government has already restricted the import of non-essential luxury goods to try to stabilise the economy. The budget airline Ryanair has dropped a controversial test in the Afrikaans language aimed at identifying passengers travelling on fake South African passports. The test caused outrage in South Africa, where many black people associate Afrikaans with the apartheid era. The BBC's Warren Bull reports. The Ryanair boss Michael O'Leary said the use of counterfeit passports by passengers had resulted in heavy fines for the carrier from border security agencies. But he said the test was not appropriate and that South Africa needed to fix its own problems. Under the policy, anyone who failed the quiz, which asked questions such as the dialing code and president of South Africa, was refused travel and had the cost of their ticket refunded. But it created huge resentment. Afrikaans is now one of 11 official languages used in South Africa, while the former apartheid regime's insistence on its use in public life led to mass protests by black South Africans. An international team led by Australian astronomers say they've discovered the fastest growing black hole of the last 9 billion years. The black hole, where matter has collapsed in on itself, consumes the equivalent of one Earth every second. They hope it'll offer clues about the formation of galaxies. Finance in China's economy showed signs of recovery last month after slumping in April with industrial production rising unexpectedly. But consumption was still weak and underlined the challenge for policymakers amid the persistent drag from COVID curbs. The National Bureau of Statistics says industrial output grew 0.7% in May, up from a year earlier, after falling 2.9% the month before. Most analysts had expected the drop to deepen. The uptick in the industrial sector was underpinned by the easing of COVID curbs and strong global demand. China's exports grew at a double-digit pace last month, shattering expectations as factories restarted and logistics snags eased. A spokesman for the Bureau said the economy had overcome the adverse impact from the pandemic shutdowns and was showing recovery momentum. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 135.04 yen. The euro stands at one US dollar and four cents. The pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and 42 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 21,356, 289 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $77 billion. To sport now, and Costa Rica are the final team to book their place in the Football World Cup. Their intercontinental playoff match against New Zealand ended 1-0 after Joel Campbell scored on the third minute in Doha. The BBC's Alex Kapstick has more details. Joel Campbell's early strike, just enough for Costa Rica to reach a sixth World Cup. 
They were pushed all the way by a spirited New Zealand who suffered from two crucial VAR decisions. Chris Woods thought he'd equalised as half-time approached, but the goal was controversially ruled out for a foul in the build-up. And then on 67 minutes, Costa Barbarousas, not long on the pitch as a substitute, had a yellow card upgraded to red for a dangerous tackle. Still, New Zealand pressed, they dominated possession, while the Central Americans were happy to sit back, offering virtually nothing in attack. At times it seemed a dangerous tactic, but they held on and will return to Qatar in November when they'll join Germany, Spain and Japan in Group E. After the game, New Zealand goalkeeper Oli Sale commented on his team's controversial disallowed goal. In my opinion, there's not enough contact there to, to disallow a goal. Um, both players are attempting to shield the ball. They both tangled together. Should be play on for me. And very disappointing that that was the disallowed in that moment because we would have continued our ascendancy on the match with that and, and, and then they don't have any choice but to come and play. We would have been able to draw them out and then find more spaces. And it, it just made their jobs a bit easier, I guess. England have suffered their heaviest home defeat in nearly a century. They lost 4-0 to Hungary in the UEFA Nations League. Gareth Southgate's team haven't won in four games. It's the most difficult night in terms of my time as England manager, without a doubt. In the end, the two matches with Hungary, we haven't been strong enough to win the games, and that's partly, or in the main, that's down to the selection. Elsewhere, Timo Werner scored twice as Germany pounded Italy 5-2. Memphis Depay scored in added time to give the Netherlands a 3-2 win over Wales. Liverpool have completed the signing of Uruguay, stri- Uruguay striker Darwin Nunez from Portuguese side Benfica on a six-year deal for an initial US$76 million. The 22-year-old could become the club's record signing with the fee potentially rising to $102 million with add-ons. Nunez had 34 goals in 41 appearances for Benfica last season. Tennis and Serena Williams is making her return to Grand Slam tennis at Wimbledon this month after she was given a wildcard entry to the singles. The 23-time major winner hasn't played since injuring herself in the first round of last year's Wimbledon. The BBC's Russell Fuller has details. The singles wildcard is confirmed for Wimbledon and she will also play at the WTA event in Eastbourne on the south coast of England next week in the doubles with Tunisia's Ons Jabeur. So it's very exciting news indeed. There had been whispers within tennis over the last couple of weeks that Williams was likely to return and play doubles at Wimbledon. But this is a very happy surprise, the fact that she's been given a singles wildcard as well. And nobody who has watched any part of her career would want... Her last appearance on the professional tennis court to have been that very sorry exit at Wimbledon last year. So even though she's not played for a year, even though she's much nearer her 41st birthday than her 40th birthday, and it'll be so difficult for even Serena Williams to be truly competitive, we will get the chance to see her play at Wimbledon and on centre court one more time. On to the weather, it'll be mainly cloudy with occasional showers and a few thunderstorms. The outlook, showers and thunderstorms tomorrow with sunny intervals on Friday. The weather will improve gradually over the weekend. Currently at the observatory, it's 29 degrees Celsius. The relative humidity is 79%. And please be advised, the thunderstorm warning remains in place. And that's the news from RTHK. RTHK. Stability is the cornerstone of development. For the past 25 years, Hong Kong has been resilient when facing challenges. Today, we embrace more development opportunities. Through integrating into the national development and with the advantage of one country, two systems, 
Hong Kong will boost its economy, improve people's livelihood, and consolidate its international standing. Let's build Hong Kong's future together. A new era. Stability. Prosperity. Opportunity. The more people get vaccinated, the stronger we can fight the epidemic. Under the vaccine pass, persons without medical or other exemptions and age 12 or above must be vaccinated to enter food premises, scheduled premises, government leisure and cultural venues and more. Jab records can be saved in the Leave Home Safe app for easy use or shown in the IM Smart and eHealth apps or kept on hard copy to show or scan the QR code of your record as required. With the protection of vaccines, we will resume normal life soon.